Rochester, the home of the Street of Broken Dreams. This is FC3's Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And if the if the if the intro music is still going, then you might be able to say starring. Yes, that's what I meant to do. Starring Billy DeTori, Tanya Metris, and the ever befuddled Christopher Frank. That would be me. I am your host, and let's get this show rolling. We have a guest star today. James, it is good to hear your voice again, my friend. That's a very loose definition of the word star, but thank you very much. <laughs> it's all part and parcel, all part of the genie gig, as they say. Um, how, how are we doing, folks? I think that you're starting to lose it. Starting to? What's a starting to nonsense? Okay, well, at least starting to lose it today. I don't know, because you're going to say we're every, everything's geeky if you love it enough. You never know what you're going to get. But then, like, you just lost the whole train of thought. It got I, derailed at the station. My train of thought has been derailed since the age of 40. So I well, just... I think- I think it's also been derailed because of the last eight weeks of uh, social distancing and everything that's been going on. That it's been kind of wild, hasn't it? I mean, we've been really? talking about it often enough. I don't want to go too far into it because it's just something we've we've hashed on on, on several occasions, right? But yes. uh, well, I got Susan to fall hook, line, and sinker into my unicorn sparkle thing yesterday. Oh, I saw that and recognized it for the evil that it was right off the bat. I was so, like, so you were smart that you didn't like it. So Susan liked my post, and so therefore damn chain letters, the chain things. And I'm like, if people did it, they did it. I it didn't really bother me whatsoever. But she's like, and I'm making Billy's tutu for for tomorrow's podcast. There's going to be a whole topic about it. So therefore, for Susan, we're going to talk about this. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not wearing a tutu. I'm currently in a Ghostbusters hoodie and Superman pajama pants. Nice. And and, and I, she's like, ah, oh, no. I'm like. You fell for a hook, line, and seeker. She goes, and I never obey the post on your wall instructions. I'm, she's like, I did. Ah. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to. She's like, but Bill's tutu is almost done. And he's so bored. He's excited. I'm like, pictures or it didn't, didn't never happen. She goes, I can't let him down. That would be cruel and sad. Life is so tough. He needs goals too. I'm like, is it a rainbow one? She's like, help. We've lost our damn minds. Actually, we're binge watching Brooklyn Nine Nine right now. How is that? Sh- I've never really watched that show. It's a very funny show. It has the same pedigree as like The Office and The Good Place, two shows I absolutely love. Okay, I mean, Brooklyn Nine Nine, not quite The Office or good, The Good Place, but close enough and really enjoyable. And we've watched fifty-five episodes in the last three days. So. Jeez. Hey, you know what? It was kind of like me binging the NCIS. But um, allegedly, as of yesterday, they didn't know what time or day it was, but they were clear on the year because 2020 sucks. Uh And I'm like, well, smartphones help with the day. And she goes, our phones are are dumb now, too. She goes, if we drank, we could blame it on the booze. I'm like, well, in that case, it's Catterday and Cattle Clock. Nice. Yes, figuring with all the cats and stuff in the house, so every day is cat day, and it's always cat o'clock. So that happens well, in well, what, uh, about, the what if you have a Juno? That's all I have it, to say. It, it's uh, Juno day, and um, pay attention to her. <laughs> as, she, as she kept sitting on my foot yesterday. Like, well, she, it's attention. You know, that's the oh, thing. Yeah. She, missed her, she misses her humans, and uh-huh. she's getting sick of the ones that she sees on a regular basis. She's like, oh, she, I, I, I she deal with you all the time. She wants to change the scenery, yes. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, she was happy to see me. So. Well, so was I. It was very nice to well, see that's you good. over there. That's so. good. We had to maintain our social distance while we were watching the movie to make sure uh-huh. that everything was good still. What but, movie yeah. did you watch? Uh, Fellowship oh. of the Ring, the first Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, okay. See, I've... And this is where I'm going to be lousy when we get to the Lord of the Rings podcast that we're planning on. Because you and me both, Billy. I've never seen. I, I've no. I'm wrong. I saw one of them, and well, I, we'll talk about it when we do the uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings podcast someday. But yeah, I have thoughts. But, but what he neglected to tell me it was the extended version. Well, that's the <laughs> version I bought. We were watching on DVD. I I, I thought they were all extended versions. They are now. <laughs> they definitely but, but, are but now. There was like the, the the one that was released in the theaters that was about mm-hmm. three hours, like two and a half, three hours long. This one was like close to three and a half, four hours long. Because quick had... tech question, uh, guys: yeah. Is this better or worse for for voice? Um, it's it's still good. It sounds the same, and you're okay. coming in clear before. So whatever you're doing, you're you haven't changed anything. Okay, I'm just using my webcam mic, and uh, I'm watching the the audio uh, feed visualization, for lack of a better term, and uh-huh. just just trying to get myself closer to where you guys are modulating. Gotcha. It, yeah, put it this way. No, you're Chris, cool. Chris, Chris's uh, audio levels are going to be much louder than the rest of ours, because he has a tendency to project his voice anyway, and even though I can be loud... It still seems that my audio bars are very, very soft, and I'm talking at my normal tone of voice. Oh, I'm so, on my usual headset, and and I'm also a Shakespearean trained actor, mm-hmm. so it's just something that happens. You I'm sorry. project very well. I know how to enunciate to the back row. So yeah, I can hear everyone very clearly, and I'm the one that's controlling all the recording right now. So. It's good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. So, um, what is this with like the seventieth day of March? Oh my God! Seriously, it was like the it was raining yesterday, or not raining, snowing. It was snowing. actually snowing yesterday. What? It was a bigger blizzard than we had in December. Oh, it was terrible! Like, what is going on in this world right now? Okay, for people that don't that don't know, we're recording on Sunday, Mother's Day, May tenth. So we are talking about May ninth when um all the snow was hitting and things like that. I went out to Avon to get my dad's truck, and it was like foggy, and we could only see maybe like a third of a mile ahead of us. And then happy Mother's Day, by the way, there, Tanya. Oh, oh, thanks. Um, and then I got to like Henry Falls Number Six Road, and the road was dry. There was no snow. It was crystal clear. It was like all of a sudden there was like that wall. Remember the, um, back in Buffalo so many years ago, they had that snow wall. Uh-huh. That one part of Buffalo got nothing and the other part got like 20 feet. Got trounced. Yeah. It was like that when I went out to pick up the truck yesterday. It was so, so strange. But yes, I am um, sick and tired. So I told my parents, I said, are you sure you want to come home? Um because they're in Florida and they're coming right. home Thursday or tomorrow when we um, this drops, and they're like, "Why?" And I said, "Well, it's snowing." They're like, "Oh." <laughs> so, so I don't know. I'm hoping that they can... doing that too. I can hear it. <laughs> they're like, oh, so I'm hoping that they bring some warm weather back with us uh-huh. with them. With them. So is 
with them because it's been like 90 down there. So that's nice. And they haven't been able and on all the pools have been closed until like last week. So um, they just started opening the pools back up in the villages and they're limited to being there an hour and you have to wear a mask. So, Mm -hmm. So I don't know how long my dad was there on Friday because he was the only one at the pool. So I don't think the hour restriction was in place for him because there was no one else there. So I don't know. But yeah. So I'd like the warm weather to somewhat start because I think I'd like to use our pool this summer. I'm not sure. Uh, I wouldn't get your hopes up too high. Just Probably make sure. Yeah. You know. I, it really does feel like the end of the world between the pandemic the uh, weird weather, the murder hornets, which may be the greatest <laughs> name ever. Let's not forget the fire a few months back. I already have. The one out in the Amazon? Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, half yeah, the yeah. Amazon burned away. Yes. Oh, what about the one in Australia? Oh, yes, that, that too, too, yeah. Most of the continent of Australia was burning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, uh, it's just, okay, so- it's like life is weird right now, man. Life is weird. Now, if there's like people-sized spiders, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. If if there's if there's anything else, like especially like people-sized spiders that come in after this, I, I'm checking out. Please so, don't jinx us. <laughs> she just did. She just get used to the idea that she just did, and that spiders will be appearing by next Saturday. Giant. Not ones. if it continues to stay March-like weather. No, I just want to make it clear that you just threw everything off. We're 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 screwed now. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. My job here is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my ever living mind. It's that's it's, it's what's going on. I, I oh it's wild and unfortunate, but here you have it. It's just a thing. We have all gone absolutely freaking gaga. You know, and I'm just not used to being afraid to go outside or to go places right. or to not go into restaurants and be able to sit down and order a sandwich. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the the weird part to me is not being able to go places. And when you do like we, we actually went to Wegmans this morning mm-hmm. and I spend most of my time freaking out inside warning that this person's going to get too close or know who touched that thing that I might want or that type of thing, you know? And then I see a guy, everyone was wearing a mask, but the one guy was just wearing a kerchief around his chin. It wasn't covering his nose or mouth. Mm-hmm. So I, I oh, don't know what point. There, I don't know at what point I'll feel comfortable going back out, even if, when they say I can. Well, oh, how about I'll the let... people who were cutting holes in their masks to help them breathe? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, the stupid, it burns. Well, Tyler even said to me earlier, he goes, I, he goes, I don't even want to go out. Yeah, he, I don't either. He's mm-hmm. like, because there's, he's like, I just naturally associate masks with, people that are planning uh, that are committing crimes and things like that so he has to get out of that particular mindset that um people in masks equaled someone committing a crime like a bank robber or whatever and, and, Uh and he's like going to the far extreme 
I'm like, well, Tyler, you're very fortunate. You don't leave the house anyway. He's right. like, yeah, true. But I'm like, but I can, I can see where his fear would come from. Yeah. Because, because you can't, and then the joke has been around. This is the, like the only time you can go into the bank with wearing a mask and ask for money. Um, <laughs> type thing that, that people have been posting. Uh-huh. I mean, it shed some, some humor and light on the situation, but it's really not funny because it does really conceal your identity. When you're when you've got half of your face missing, or the only thing is like if it's cold and snowing, you you have like you're putting gas in your car, or whatever, and you have a hood up and then your mask, so all you can see is your eyes. Then you it you lose half of your identity in regards to that. And I and I know people to do it to be responsible so it doesn't spread, but eventually I, I can bad, bad people fear. Bad people are going to take advantage of that eventually. And I really hope they don't. Yeah. But that's, what, be up that's, us. What, that's what Tyler's worried about. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, you're yeah. fortunate. You're not going anywhere. I'm trying to get him to go into a uh, empty parking lot at the mall or something to practice driving. Cause it'd be the perfect time. Cause there's no cars out. Uh-huh. Yeah, nope. That's not happening after that accident that happened behind our house on Thursday. Really? So, I yeah, don't blame him. Tyler's like, nope, not doing it. Not not for a while. He's like... He's always finding an excuse for that. One of these days, you're just going to have to say, look, you know, there's uh, there's things out there that can happen. You need to just buckle up and do a thing. From experience? Tell, no. No, he doesn't. I'm telling that to Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I've got someone... Yeah, but also, he won't take public transportation. Oh, yet. okay. So... Okay, that's so, a line that's got to be drawn. Yeah, yeah. seriously. So, and I, I think nowadays he probably wouldn't even want to do public transportation. And I'm sure even Billy would be kind of hesitant to do public transportation now. I haven't had to uh, because my work has been shut down. Uh, but I think I'd be pretty creeped out by it. Although right now RTS is free just yeah. to get people to take it. And I, I, I go out for walks still and sometimes I'll see buses pass by and I always look. And the buses that go past me are way, way emptier than ever. The The I bus line I take is usually packed. And now there's hardly anybody on these buses. And I, I hear that they're making people get on through the back doors rather than the front door where the bus driver is. And so I, I, I think I'd be uncomfortable with it, except that it's there don't seem to be many people on the buses anyway. And well, do you think that is probably because there's a lot of people that are forced to be home now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be less cars on the road, to be honest with you. I don't, you guys would know that more than me, but just as I walk, it seems to me like cars, there's still, there's still a lot of them on the road out. No Dewey and Westridge road. And, lake where i would walk see there still seem to be just as many cars maybe not quite as many but a lot so and i I wonder where they're going because most of the places are closed well not as many as you think well i'm working from home chris is out in the field he's working Mm -hmm. from his car right you're home, Billy. Yep. James, James, you're expected to go in, right? Because I was just furloughed. Oh, just furloughed? 
nuts. Like, up until that, you were considered an essential employee, right? That's right. And I, I know. Um, hoping you weren't what, caught in that that mess, there, bub. Uh, afraid so. They don't know I, when they're going to have me back. It could be two weeks. It could be six weeks. It could be all the way into August. It all depends on how quickly things pick back up in the orthopedics department. Right. Which admittedly could be soon because people are always breaking bones. That's true. I've done my fair share over the years, so I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I know um, U of R had furloughed like their part-timers that like worked in the emergency department for like social work. Like their full timers stayed, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anyone that had um, this weekend was their last weekend of shifts that they didn't necessarily have. If they were part time, that they worked like um, every other weekend or whatever, that they were furloughed for a while, also. So, and and you saw you know that the city just let what four hundred plus people go the other day. Really, that was a. That was last Tuesday, I believe. That 400 employees were let go from the city of Rochester. Oh, yeah. You know what was weird about that is finding out through the news and everybody watching the news. Like, my boss didn't hadn't even heard what was going on with that. No, because I remember sending you a text going, you still have a job, right? You're like, yeah, I haven't heard anything. Why? And then I'm like, well, 400 people allegedly got laid off today. And... Uh, you hadn't heard anything about it yet. Nope, not a not a lick, not a single bit. It was kind of, I'm going to say, unsettling. To be honest, yeah, a little unsettling that there was something going on and I didn't know anything about it until people who are friends of mine were telling me about it. I'm like, wait, what? Because <laughs> you were not the only person. Like within about a half an hour, I had like six people texting me. Are you you are you okay? You're Do you good, have a job? Right? I'm like, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't imagine because they just like added to our our seasonal workload, right? So it was, I don't know, it was just, it's weird. It's just weird. Okay, so now that we've uh, spent the first almost 20 minutes like kind of talking about everything that's been going in on our lives, what are we truly talking about today? Um, I think we were going to talk about some, like we're going to lighten the mood. You know, Yay. because the, these podcasts lately have been our, our therapy session. Let's be honest, you know, yeah, you know, and um, that's just a thing, but that, that we definitely need. And I've been always grateful to have you guys here a couple, you know, at least once a week. Um, but I know that we want to ramp things up. We want to talk about stuff that's a little bit more fun. Uh, so we're going to delve into the world of, of basically, you know, the funny papers, you know, comic strips and, and uh, James, what was, cause you were the one who provided the idea. So you tell me a little bit more about what, the, what you wanted to cover today. Basically anything and everything, but you know, in particular, I do want to hit some of the bigger strips, you know, the mm-hmm. far side, Peanuts, Doomsbury, Calvin and Hobbes, all those. Bloom no. County is a no, granted, I have actually read some of those now. Not like the comic books. I've read comic strips because I would always read the the uh, funnies when. Um, well, that's the paper. thing is we we come from a generation where it's still a thing. You know, we 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 grew up with that. I mean, I remember um, 
you know, Sunday mornings at my mom's breakfast table, my dad was across the table, you know, reading the news and I'm across the table reading the funny papers, mm-hmm. you know, the Sunday, the Sunday, t- uh, the Sunday, Sunday funnies were the best part because they were they just so were, expansive. There was so much going on. They were in um, color. There was like six or eight pages of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All the different comic strips. And it made me feel like being my dad, right? Because mm-hmm. he's across the he's across the table from me. He's got one leg folded over the other. He's got his morning coffee. He's got the paper open, and he's just reading articles. So I had one leg over the other, and I had my orange juice next to me, and, and I had my one leg over the you know like he did, you know, because every kid wants to imitate their parents at one point or another. It's always fun, and uh, and that was it. That was that was my way of uh, you know my Sunday morning. It was it was great. It was a great uh, great tradition to have. So. And you know, like looking now. I think I relate more to like family circus now than like when I was growing up and reading it, like you have a different perspective now reading it as a parent. Because mm-hmm. yeah, now, you, now you're the mom and dad instead now of Dolly and, and Jeffy. And, and, and then it seemed like, Oh my God. So, and some of them have like just the best, like one liners that yep. are happening and things like that. So, mm-hmm. I think right now I would say Family Circus would probably be my favorite one nowadays, but I love reading <laughs> yeah. Peanuts and um, Garfield growing up. I haven't read the funnies in years, but when I was a little kid, you know, both there was the DNC and there was the Times Union. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys are old enough to remember yep. the Times Union. I remember the Times I do remember that, yep. But reading the comics from both papers and like Chris said, on this on Sunday, you got the color the fu- the funnies in color and when i was a little kid wbbf 9:50 a.m. they'd have a couple of their air personalities read the sunday funnies and the different voices oh that's and, cool and i always sort of got a kick out of that even though it was kind of terrible <laughs> but you could get your funnies and you could read along <laughs> with them even though it was kind of terrible that's awesome <laughs> Well, I don't know if I can. If a group of uh, radio, uh, grown-up radio personalities are really suited to play Charlie Brown and Linus, yeah, yeah, but you know what? You got to give them points for trying. That's it. Wouldn't be the first adults though. Mm-hmm. Just look at some of the stage productions of "You're a Good Boy, Charlie Brown." Well, there's that. Yeah. But that's um, going to ultimately be the most lasting legacy of most of these. Uh, comic strips now that uh, publishing costs is no longer a thing their media adaptations all the the christmas specials uh, the the feature films mm-hmm. musicals and and, and that's what a fair happened. observation absolutely but, fair observation but the, the only comic strip you couldn't really get a uh a special out of and maybe there was one but farsighted it seemed really hard to do some type of adaptation of the far side for a play or a animated there, special or something. There wasn't really a running plot to the far side. Yeah. So unless it was or even running characters, which, you know, some, something like Dennis, the menace didn't have a day to day plot. It was just, there's Dennis, there's mm-hmm. Margaret, there's Joey, Mr. Wilson, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Our kid is a pain in the butt. <laughs> What are um what are some of the favorites? I mean, James did a great job listing off a few of them at, at the at the top of the the segment there. Um, I I my when I think funnies, I always think 
Bloom County. That's that's been my favorite ever since. I mean, when I was 16 years old, I got a stuffed Opus the Penguin from my mother, and um, I, I have him to this day. He's sitting on my bookshelf. You can see him during Nerd World News over my shoulder, you know, and uh, he's still there after what? That's 34 years now. He's it's been funny. with me. Bloom County and Doonesbury become a thing at a certain age, about 14, 15, 16. Because you start getting the humor a little bit where you understand he's being subtle and, and sarcastic. And I, it's, I think really political. Yes. And it's political. Bloom County was my first exposure to political humor. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it really, that and Doonesbury helped shape how I look at things. And if you're not necessarily like paying attention to the news or in the know, you're going to completely miss what's going on in like Bloom County or Doonesbury. If you're Mm -hmm. not necessarily, if you're living under a rock sometimes like I am and I like, there's a lot of times where I would miss what's happening in Bloom County or Doonesbury and things. You're going to wonder why Bill Clinton is being portrayed by a waffle with butter melting on it. (laughs) (laughs) Or or George Bush uh, senior was a, a feather. Or you just tend to, you tend to skip the the strips that don't call to you. You don't even look at them. Mm -hmm. Like I, even though it feels like Prince Valiant, since I've no like a superhero, I'd never looked at Prince Valiant or Brenda Starr. Well, yeah, yeah. Because like some of them are definitely would watch reading them are geared more towards like the younger crowd mm-hmm. like peanuts and things like that could you could understand as a child mm-hmm. so to speak but then like the brenda star just the drawing and the art was different and it looked more of like a soap opera going on and the some of the the themes were a little older that mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily catch as a child even as a or kid as I thought, Valiant looked like a tapestry yeah yeah the art was great in it but like I try, okay, I'm going to read Prince Valiant starting now and about two panels in. All right, let's see what uh, uh, Dennis the Menace is up to. <laughs> what I didn't realize is how many comics they there are. Yeah. There are, I'm like, I'm on gocomics.com backslash comics A to Z. Uh-huh. There are just in the A's, so many that I kind of crazy, get, isn't it? Oh, it it's off the wall type thing. There's an Angry Birds comic. Surprise, oh yeah, surprise. licensed comics are a big thing. Uh, even even back then, there were Mickey Mouse comics. There Annie. were yeah. So I'm like, so like looking at this. Sorry to jump in. Just. I start to get a sense of nostalgia because like I see Andy Cap here and that's not something I've seen in years that kind of like brings me back to like the early 80s or whatever. Is that the perpetually drunk Irishman? Yes. Yeah, that one may not have aged necessarily well. Spouse no. uses comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, Hagger the Horrible, the Viking. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Beetle Bailey. Um, yeah, Beetle Bailey did not start as a military comic. Really? Tell me he more about it. He was a college student. Was he really? Time, and around the time of the Korean War, he got drafted, and uh-huh. the premise just stuck. I never knew that. That is so cool. Okay. All right. Uh, how do you spell Beetle Bailey? B-E-E-T-L-E. 
Yeah, not Beetle is in the Beatles. Right. Um, it's not even on here on the Go Comics. It might be through a different syndicator. Yeah, it, different it, licensing. Licensing, yeah. But I, I, Tanya's looking at a site that I don't know if it's that exact one, but I keep getting on my Facebook page because you no, know, they direct things right at you, whatever you've searched in your life, and. Mm-hmm. There are websites that, you know, for 99 cents a month or, you know, $8 a year, you can read every comic strip ever. And I keep, I should do this. I'd read Popeye every day, but no, I've got way too much entertainment at my fingertips. I'm not going (laughs) to go to that website and read, you know, the last 58 years of Hager the Horrible. And, you know, that's something you just mentioned, something people forget. Popeye started as a comic strip character. Yeah. In Thimble Theater. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even the main character to begin with. It was uh, Ham Gravy and the Oil Family. Yeah, the Olive oh boy. Oil family. Yeah. Olive Oil. Sounds like a lubricantist. <laughs> right, it's the only line from the, the Robin Williams Popeye movie I will ever remember. <laughs> Who? I think that's an underrated movie. Although, to be honest, I saw it a bunch when it was first out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure it holds up real well. I, I remember trying to watch it a couple years ago on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I, I think I have that problem with '80s movies where it's they oddly don't age paced. Well. Oddly paced is that what you said, James? Oddly paced, yeah. Okay, because there's so many musical numbers in it, and and the dialogue seems out of sync with some of the. Lip movement. I think they were trying a little too hard to capture the essence of the cartoons where you'd have Popeye's voice actor improvising lines over the uh-huh. animation, which was already completed by the time they recorded their stuff. Uh-huh. So you'd be mumbling something and there'd be no lip movement. And they tried to capture that in the live action film and it just didn't work. Okay, that's fair. Oh my god, so I jumped over to comics.azcentral.com, uh-huh. and um, so you can read the comics online, daily comics, um, I think for free, yes, free comics online, and like it starts with Dilbert, um, goes to Garfield, Luann, which is not one I recognize, but then Non Sequitur is one that's been around for a while, mm-hmm. and there's this little girl standing at the top of... Um, a diving board and a little pink dress and things like that. And it's bouncing, whatever she bounces up, um, it goes up in the clouds and then takes a nose dive into a book. And it was, it was the blank of times. It was the, so it's like, it was the best times. It was the worst times. It was the age of wisdom, the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief, blah, 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 blah. So you see her diving into this book. And then the next one is two little kids sitting on the couch going, you make it sound easy, but I'm still intimidated by the number of pages. And she mm-hmm. goes, okay, maybe try to think of it as binge watching on Netflix, but actually using your brain. <laughs> it's educational. <laughs> it's educational. Um, what was the, it was the best times. It was worse. The times. What book is that? The Tale of two uh, cities. Okay. So I'm just like, I'm like, okay. But yeah, a lot of people would be intimidated by the sheer number of pages. But yeah, when you think about it, just binge watching Netflix, but you're doing it in smaller sections. Like you read one chapter, yeah. you watch one episode, 
type thing. I'm like, that, that's a good way to put it in perspective. I like that. That's a good way to look note, at it. Yes. Uh, the original version of Tale of Two Cities would not have been as intimidating because I believe Dickens sold his stuff by the chapter. Uh-huh. Oh. Most writers did. I think that was the paradigm of the of the era. You know, you'd churn out a chapter and, and somebody would pick it up and, and, and run with it and then you'd churn out another ch- So it was like weekly television. Like a right? time store novel. Right. Like, yeah. Episodic television, episodic books. Basically, I think it's pretty much remember, the same thing. I remember. I, I know this isn't uh, comic strips, but Stephen King did that. God, how old is the Green Mile? Twenty years old. Easily. But he 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 released a uh, a chapter of the Green Mile like every week or every month for however long it took. Mm-hmm. That that was the original way the Green Mile was released was by uh, just like 50 60 pages at a time mm. how times have changed man indeed yeah so what are some of your favorites other than like a Doonesbury and Bloom County uh, I have a huge affection for peanuts right one That's of a classic personal create creator folk centric things that since in known modern media i mean charles schultz drew that from its inception till almost literally the day he died Mm -hmm. and you know it's those who know me have probably seen the picture of me as charlie brown and my friend mary ellen as marcy our first cosplays together when we went to fan expo canada in 2013 and, you know, some of my favorite books are my hardbound collections of the peanut strips from the 70s. Those look like great collections, those hardcover they, they collections. They are wonderful. They, they did this and, similar thing with Dennis the Menace, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they, they've done a similar thing with a lot of strips. Yeah. And I've been wanting to get my hands on uh, the Dick Tracy collection. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are out of print and command astronomical prices. Really? You want to get, for instance, the Prune Face storyline. Hmm. Just look on Amazon and uh, prepare for some sticker shock. Wow. I, I remember when I was a kid, there there used to be a bookstore in Westgate Plaza in mm-hmm. Gates. It was the Half Price Bookstore. And they had... Lots of paper books, paperbacks with their covers torn off, which I know you're not supposed to do. There was some type of legal thing where mm-hmm. you sent the covers back, they'd reimburse you for the books or something. So they had just tables of books with the covers torn off. And a lot of them were comic, uh, comic strip collections, including old Dick Tracy strips. And I used to get all those. I used to get the you know, Dennis the Menaces, the Peanuts, and they used to sell a lot of them in paperback form. That's and... weird because um, that bookstore that was in Westgate Plaza in Gates, the one of the guys that was working there ended up, I don't know if he was the owner of that one or he just worked there, but um, he opened the um, book center out in Spencerport. Okay. Um, his name was Mike and he had it for years. It was a used bookstore. Um and he sold it maybe like five years ago to somebody that only ran it for like a couple of years and then ended. But it was it was a bookstore and that's where a lot of those books were, um, the comic strip type um, 
and like anthologies or Mm -hmm. whatever type thing that um because randy my husband he had been at that store the one in um westgate plaza numerous times that's where i ended up getting like his first D &D stuff i i used to go there every my 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 parents used to do grocery shopping on wednesday and that's where star market was or apple market whatever the supermarket was at the time and i Mm -hmm. used to go down there every every time every week with a dollar because they had comic books with the covers torn off for 10 cents so i go down and i pick up 10 comics to read and they also had a box up near the front desk or the front counter bagged and bored older comics and i bet there were some things i wish i grabbed for you know, like the four or five or six dollars that are probably now worth hundreds or thousands because i always see stories of how action comics back in 1980 you could get for you know two hundred dollars or something you know know, some crazy cheap price because it wasn't until last you know maybe decade or two where those were your action ones got crazy or superman one so I, I'm wondering what type of, and I got to keep Oliver from walking on the computer. Until <laughs> <laughs> so he shuts it down on you. Yeah. So, it, but I used to love to go there to get comic books and and the paperbacks of uh, the, the old comic strips, and I wish I still had them. I'm being so, growled at. Yeah. So, do we have any favorite quotes from comic books or strips, rather? Famous quotes. Favorite quotes. Oh, favorite quotes. Um, um, I, I want to say probably one of mine is, uh, or just like scenario, not necessarily it's a quote, but um, it's uh, one from Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, They're playing Calvin Ball. And, <laughs> I love that. And whoever has the ball gets to make the rules. So right. So that's the whole thing about Calvin Ball. Um, and I think another, like, I think, in the theme of Calvin and Hobbes is some of the Star Wars ones where little Kylo Ren is putting holes through all the um, snowmen and Han looks at Leia saying he gets this from your side of the family. <laughs> yeah, because Bill Watterson's kind of started doing little bits of Calvin and Hobbes here and there once in a while lately, as, as if I remember correctly. Those, I, well, the I, Star I Wars first, stuff I, is in his style. It's not yeah, it's in the, I didn't in think the it was actually him. No, it said in the style of Calvin and Hobbes. It was right. like that, that style. Because yeah. I know Berkeley Breath had brought uh, Bloom County back, but it hasn't been as like regular. It's been almost like special event kind of a thing. I remember that. Um, as far as quotes are concerned, I don't really remember quotes per se, James. Um, but I remember like... Uh, like um, <laughs> so I had to stifle a cough there. Uh, like Connie was saying, situations. Um, like for me, I keep referring to Bloom County because that's the one that always sticks in my head. That's the one I actually have the the you know the, the books, the trade books of, and everything. Um, but when they tried forming their own heavy metal band, and uh, and Opus was the tuba player. But then something, a, a series of events occurred, and they were being they got hauled into Congress because of violence and and music and stuff like that. And parody and, of the PMRC. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I can't even, I'm, I'm trying to remember this thing and I can't, it's, it's killing me, <laughs> but, but things that would happen and Bill the cat was their resident degenerate, right? 
Mm-hmm. So all of the situations that he would get them into by virtue of his just his insanity. So that's that's I remember stuff like that. I remember um, you know, you had Cutter John who was the disabled character. He was in his wheelchair all the time. And the the, the crew, the cast and crew of uh Bloom County would gather around him and they would they would uh have their adventures as the crew of the USS Enterprise and and Cutter John as as Captain Kirk and and uh various people taking the various roles and screaming at each other in, in these stereotypical lines. These are the things I remember about when it came to that particular strip. Um, you know, I mean, you get like Garfield is there's, there's a certain flow and a vibe to Garfield. You know, he's going to be sarcastic. You know, he's going to be very cynical, you know, he's going to be eating the lasagna and that's, and he's going to be picking mm-hmm. on his owner, you know, and, and there's a thing there and Odie, uh, and Odie you know, Odie being your, your stereotypical dumb dog, poor Odie. Um, you know, Dick Tracy, he had his rogues gallery. Uh, Beetle Bailey was always trying to be as lazy as possible as he got through the army. Uh, and then Sergeant Snorkel would be going after him. Um, you know, there was always consistencies with all of that. Doonesbury was great because it was like the late night talk show hosts in your set, in your, your morning paper. You know, he was doing this commentary. And so since current events would come and go, ebb and flow, you know, rise and fall, he would be right there to have these, these, completely ludicrous plot lines in that search were, of reagan's brain yes, that one especially i remember that one um but uh you know he, you could do that but with 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 the county you just you never knew what you're going to get it, it was basically always going to be a wild ride somewhere along the line and that's i think that's why i always had and it was so just freaking hilarious to a guy like me you know at, at 14 15 16 17 and so forth when when he announced that he was going to stop Bloom County and like it was 88, 89, somewhere in that neck of the woods. I still have the the final Sunday strip. I have it framed somewhere in a box. Um, but I, it was like, you know. Doonesbury stopped in the early 80s, actually. Uh, Doonesbury did, yeah. Bloom County, too, so I was thinking okay. of, uh, of that one. Uh, but both of them have come back once in a while, you know, like well, I think Doonesbury came back uninterrupted after a two year hiatus. Okay. when uh, Gary Trudeau went to do a musical of with the characters. I Jeez. saw it. I saw Did it. Really? it. It played at the I was going to I was going to bring that up. It, it played at the auditorium theater. I saw it. And oh, a uh, bit was... of crazy random trivia for you. Originating the part of Mark Slackmeyer, the radio personality, uh-huh. Mark Lynn Baker. Who you would probably remember as Cousin Larry on Perfect Strangers. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. There's some trivia I will never put on a pub quiz for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> or the star of My Favorite Year, which is a fantastic movie. My Favorite Year. Which one's that one? I don't think it's, I've ever saw uh, that one. He plays the assistant. To, or, uh, he, he works at a television station. Uh, it takes place in the 50s. And Peter O'Toole is like an aging one, the an, aging movie star. Yes, who causes yes. havoc. Oh my God, I do remember that one. That's a, a very funny movie. movie. And Mark Lynn Baker is the production assistant in charge of making Try sure Peter grilled. O'Toole. Yeah, exactly. So All back right. to uh, the, the quotes, as I because I did have one in mind from another strip we haven't mentioned yet, Pogo. I don't this know prob- that one. Yeah, this is probably probably one of the most famous comic strip quotes from a comic strip most people my age, at least, have never read. Mm-hmm. Pogo was seen- a possum. He had a, uh, an alligator friend. It was very political. 
Yeah, was it was the, okay. the Blue Walt, Walt Kelly was Bird. the artist. In the Okefenokee Swamp. Mm-hmm. But the quote is, we have seen the enemy and he is us. That's a military thing, isn't it? Or, or is that just, did that come from that strip? It came from the strip. Yeah. He's, wild. Yeah. That is so wild. It was from Earth Day 1971. That was the, um, the daily strip. Um, Cause it, jumps in under wikipedia and um it says ah pogo the beauty of the forest primeval gets me in the heart and then um the other one goes it gets me in the feet porcupine and he goes it is hard walking on all this stuff and you see um drawn out in in the strip just like all the um trash that is in the forest that's been left there and then he goes, yep, son, we have met, we have met the enemy and he is us. So they're talking about um, kind of like the pollution that we okay. do as Americans and leave it around. And right. um, that was in 1971. That, Jeez. That, how, for, how fortuitous, huh? Yeah, and, that it, and it still holds true to today. Oh, God, yeah. So... Amazing. So, so it's interesting that James picks that one. Yeah, that is. That's now that you bring it up and that, put it in its context, it, it's like, okay, wow. But let's see. You're around for that. I was not. I don't even. James was not around, but Billy was. Yes. So. But I didn't read Pogo because I didn't get it. Because it's humor, satire, politics at that point. Yeah. I mean, it started in 1948 as a newspaper strip and ended in 1975. So. Um, it, I don't know where, it, unless they revamped it or they were in books or something. Yeah. The, in fact, um, a, there's a blogger I read, his name is Mark Evanier and he's a writer and he, he's actually the, uh, creator of the Garfield cartoons, uh, show that's on cartoon network. But he's, I really like his blog a lot and he's mm-hmm. the one, uh, he used to date Walt, Walt Kelly was the artist and his daughter was in mm-hmm. charge of releasing like the, the big hardcover collections like James was talking about. There's Pogo collections. Yeah. And uh, the daughter died recently. And now this guy's in charge of making sure the Pogo collections keep getting released. And there's a new one coming soon or just came out. So, yeah, they were released by um, Simon and Schuster. Mm-hmm. Um, said something about. Pogo, the complete syndicated comic strips. Yeah. That was um, in February of 2007. Um, Graphics Books announced the publication of a projected 12-volume hardcover series collecting the complete chronological run of the daily and full-color Sunday syn- syndicated Pogo strips. It began in 2011 under the title Pogo, the complete syndicated yeah. comic strips. Interesting. So, my head. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, um, they had uh, Walt Kelly's Pogo, the complete Dell comics from Hermes Press, the one for six hmm. volumes, reprints hmm. of the pre-comic book stories. Hmm. But yeah, there's M- huge stuff. My personal favorite comic strip, and I've I've mentioned it already, but the Far Side was one of the few that where I would actually laugh out loud. They're called the funny. I've done that. Yeah. Mostly- gentle humor and mm-hmm. not necessarily made to make you laugh out loud far side would make me laugh out loud 
to kind of circle around to James's question and tie it into the reference Billy just made, I think one of my favorite all-time far sides, and it's, it's stuck with me to this day, because it was always those single panels, just odd looks at the world, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite mm-hmm. of all time was um, the scene was a kitchen, and the guy was with a, with his usual stone face, you know, you know, just all you see is the glasses, the arms are sticking out, he's running at full tilt, and there are a couple of wolves behind him. And they're running around the table, and the caption was lupus lipophobia. The fear of being chased by wolves wearing nothing but socks on a freshly waxed kitchen floor. Hmm. And it just stuck with me. And I remember somebody asking me, Oh, do you have any fears? <laughs> yes, lupus lipophobia. <laughs> and it just, and people just kind of stop and stare, like, What? <laughs> now, now, uh, <laughs> that, that just shook Tanya. Listen, I got I got the the perils of of working from home. My dog is growling at me, and then runs away, growling it, runs away, growling and runs away. So I'm assuming she's she's asking me for something. So you guys go ahead. I'm going to be right back in a couple minutes. My question is, Tanya, you can Google this, and maybe James is familiar with this theory that I read within the last year. Uh, James, you mentioned peanuts was your favorite. Have you have you read the internet theory that Charlie Brown is a cancer patient, and that I've all heard the, pe- the theory pe- before the- it was around the internet. Mm-hmm. I think that came to be in part be- because of his uh, apparently bald head, yeah. but I know the actual backstory behind that haircut. His dad is a barber, and he always cut Charlie Brown's hair super short. There was a TV special, however, that brought in an incidental character created for it who did have leukemia. Mm-hmm. That was created to kind of raise awareness. I believe the special was called Why Charlie Brown, Why? Why? That was in 1990. Yeah. I remember that one specifically because in grade school, they gave us the script to read before it actually debuted on television. And we read it as part of the class. Yeah, I just was hopping and people ask, why does Charlie Brown have cancer? Um, but that goes back into the why, Char- why Charlie Brown, why? Um, uh, but there was a theory that like all yeah, his adventures were like um, fever dreams from his hospital bed. That would uh, explain some of the stuff Snoopy got up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Peanuts Charlie Brown was drawn by Charles Schultz to be a representative of the imperfections of everyday human life. He has troubles, insecurities, and puts up with some pretty rotten friends and neighbors who give him rocks when he's trick-or-treating. Seriously, who does that to a little kid? Anyway, one fan theory abounds that poor Chuck's perpetually hairless down-and-out state has more to do with cancer than self-esteem or bad luck. In fact, theorists go so far as to say that our lovable protagonist is merely dreaming up his experiences from the confines of a sick, sick bed rather than experience them firsthand. So is there any truth to this depress, depressing idea? The legendary cartoonist Schultz has since gone to the great pumpkin patch in the sky, so we'll never know for sure. But my guess is an empath- empathetic, empathic no, seeing as how lovingly he portrayed Charlie as the hero figure despite his obvious shortcomings. After all, even Charlie eventually managed to kick that pesky football, so there's definitely room for a little positivity. Um, I don't Actually, know about Actually, I have that strip where we think he kicked the football. 
we're not, we don't actually see it happen because Lucy gets called into the house and she passes the duties on to rerun the, the kid, kid brother. And we, and rerun comes in to the house and Lucy's asking, did you, did you kick pull the, pull the football? Did he kick it? What happened? And rerun tells Lucy, you'll never know. <laughs> I'm Finally, back. someone gets one over on her. That's amazing. Oh, so we're on peanuts. I can tell that from the, yeah. the references. But there, there, one of the reasons why Marcy is one of my favorite characters is because she actually did give some respect to Charlie Brown, who was the character I relate to very much personally. Mm-hmm. Go to the Thanksgiving special where Peppermint Patty basically invites herself over oh, yeah. for Thanksgiving, then invites Marcy, then invites Franklin, and Charlie Brown has got to come up with this meal at short notice comes up with like toast and popcorn and jelly beans mm-hmm. and Peppermint Patty is having a fit. This is not a proper Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and Marcy just basically in her polite, demure way, reads her best friend, the riot act uh-huh. over her garbage behavior and stands up for, for Charlie Brown. That stuck with me. Oh, that's a classic. That's an absolute classic. Well, looking at how many times did Lucy pull the football? There are 37 strips where Lucy herself actually pulled the ball from Charlie Brown, 11 animated specials, and four Charlie Brown and Snoopy show show episodes. The one time she didn't pull away, he kicked her finger. So uh, She earned that shit, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. What the heck? Um, it says, did Charlie Brown ever get to kick the football? It says, and in one of his last interviews, Charles Schultz, Charles Schultz said he would never allow himself to draw a strip in which Charlie Brown could kick the football. It would change the mystique of Charlie Brown being Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. The one thing we love, the thing we love about Charlie Brown is that he never does get to kick the ball, but optimistically, he never gives up trying no matter how many times Lucy pulls it out from underneath him. Yep. That's what I've always taken away from Charlie Brown. You know, that's the thing. He's just, okay, um, failed, but moving on. Keep going. Oh, the other, the, back, back to Marcy real quick for a second. The mm-hmm. other cool thing about that character, she was the only human to ever interact with the World War I flying ace fantasies. Really? Yeah, she she would be the waitress at the, uh, at the bars and saloons Snoopy would enjoy root beer at. I never picked up. I picked that up. That is so cool. It even made it into the CGI uh, animated f- film from a few few years back. How did it? That? I have to check that out. It was very well done, and uh, it it plays a little bit fast and loose with some elements of Peanuts canon in mm-hmm. that you actually get to see the redheaded girl at the end. Hmm. But beyond that, it's pretty much pitch perfect. Neat. I keep wanting to see that and I keep forgetting about it. Now I'll it's worth your time in my head again and I'll probably forget again, but <laughs> so, I, so before we uh, do wrap up, I don't know how close we are to wrapping up, but I just want to throw one last question out to everybody Go for it. Obviously I think I know what Chris's answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. What is your most prized possession themed to comic strips? Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure I know what Chris says. Yeah. Mine's a given considering how much I've talked about it. Um, and then you, like I said, you can see it. Every Monday night on Nerd World News, probably if you're looking, it'll be over my right shoulder, so it'll be on your left of the screen. It'll be it's right under my Gigi Edgley picture, uh, right you know between Gallifrey and and the 
the star uh, the Star Trek senior staff. But there he is wearing a uh, of um, a straw hat of all things that uh, Sybil's stepmother uh, crafted for me with all the FC three symbols on it. So yeah, Opus is wearing a straw hat right now. Yeah, that would definitely be my vote. And hopefully, I stop enough for uh, for uh, Billy and Tanya to come up with something. <laughs> no, actually, for me, I've got two. Oh, tell me yours. Oh, but I'll let Billy go first. Okay. Well, it, it's it's weird because it's also uh, peanuts related, and that it, it, I mean it's not valuable or anything like that. But I was at one of those toy shows at Village Gate, and mm-hmm. there was a, a bowl, a Woodstock bowl, just a yellow bowl had Woodstock on it. And for years, my cat Geraldine used to drink water out of that bowl, and I still have it. So, Aww. oh, Geraldine, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't, I, I actually don't have anything oh, comic strip. Well, I mean, I've got a bunch of Archie stuff, but that that I associate more with comic books, even though there have been Archie comic strips, mm-hmm. um, and Bugs Bunny strips and all that. But I associate oh, yeah. those more with other. Uh, Sort of medium. They're home mediums. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Woodstock Bowl since Peanuts was a uh, primarily in my head a comic strip. Oh, I got two. I got them right here in my hands. They're a pair of Doonesbury books. Okay. One of them is the uh, director's notebook of uh, that they published of the Doonesbury TV special that was animated by John and Faith Hubley. The creators of Mr. Magoo. Oh, wow. Okay. It was the last project John Hubley worked on before he passed away. Uh-huh. I'm dying for this to get a DVD release someday so I can actually see it. But it really does, note for note, comedy beat for comedy beat, capture a lot of those early strips of what made them work. And the other one is a co- is the portable Doonesbury anthology, stuffed around 1990 to 1992, that I got Gary Trudeau to sign. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I met when, him at, it, this was in the mid-90s when I was in high school, and my mom managed to get me up to the Borders bookstore in Henrietta, uh-huh. and he was doing a signing there, and I was, I, I had to get to it, and thank mm-hmm. God she agreed to do it for me. It was during school hours. Wow, I but, don't even yeah, remember him I, coming I to, to town. That's I got cool. to shake his hand, and I was... Over the moon for a week. That was my first ever celebrity autograph that I ever got for myself. Tanya? Uh, I have been thinking and thinking and thinking during this time. Um, I don't believe I have anything that's uh, comic strip related that I would, that I own that I'm like trying to visualize what's in my my room or what's in the house and things like that I'm more um geek related for like movies and that type of fandom rather than right uh I'm trying to think I'm like yeah and granted we have like um the the peanuts anthology books here in the house but they're not mine those are Randy's um and he's a big uh, opus fan also uh, because the hefty nose penguin is the most awesome creature ever oh yeah and so but me 
I don't, I'm, I mean, I don't even have like a Garfield, you know, and it's like, like, I'm at a loss. I mean, Chris, <laughs> you've been over here enough. You, you know what our house. You ask about Star Wars stuff. Ask about Doctor Who stuff. Ask about gaming stuff. Tanya can go for hours with her collection of things. But yeah, now that you think, now that you mentioned it, it's like, wait, I, yeah, there's a few things missing here. Yeah, so it's not that I didn't read comics or comic strips or watch like the Charlie Brown specials and things like that, but it wasn't necessarily anything that I would be collecting and things like that because it, it was just different in my house. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was being an only child, I was more Barbies being there. I mean, I had the whole mm-hmm. collection of like Barbie doll type stuff. I don't have that stuff now, but. I mean, now in the house having two boys, it's like Legos and video games. So Legos are not, awesome. I could do a Legos. whole podcast talking about Legos. Yeah, well, we got a We maybe should someday. <laughs> we got a kajillion of them in here. Uh, but yeah, in regards to comic stuff, I would think right now probably the the closest thing that we'd have to comic related stuff would be anything like Angry Birds. Because mm-hmm. they have the Angry Birds comics, and we have a whole bunch of that type stuff. And um, I got a lot of like the little wooden Angry Birds games, and I would be playing that. But but no, nothing really that jumps out at me. I'm, and I usually talk about a lot, but nope, I got nothing. Well, we still love you, so it's all that matters, right? Well, that's good to know. Yeah. So uh, different things stick with different people. So hey. It, it, whatever, whatever makes you happy is great. Well, that's I mean, the thing. We go, you know, in, go ahead. When we go into our next, when we talk about our next topic, I can tell you I've got uh, paraphernalia or memorabilia from that. But see, I got counts. nothing. <laughs> nothing. I got a rock. I got a rock. That, that, that's <laughs> wait, actually wait, one wait. of my favorite quotes, to be honest. Yes, and I think that's, there that's you the go. one that. So that would be probably the one that we say a lot. I got a rock. I got so. A rock. Even when gaming. So let's take a quick break um, so we can upload uh, this. And then when we come back, we'll just talk about a little bit of things and we'll have a question of the week. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Absolutely, positively. We'll see you on the flip side. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so grateful that Tanya asked me if I was ready before we came back from break because I'm halfway through a piece of pizza at the moment. So appreciate oh, I'm sorry. that. <laughs> no, that's I fine. You, I gave you a three, two, one. That's fine. I can I can chew into the microphone like the best of them. It's all good. Don't worry about it. it. It's a little more muffled. Uh huh. Uh huh. I wonder why. Mm, Should go ahead and talk about upcoming events then. Okay. Yes. Well, do tell. Upcoming events, um, we have uh, postponed our um, our cosplay PJ party at the 585 because of um, everything that is still um, 
closed and waiting to be phased in for, by the New York State um, guidelines and recommendations because of the um, pandemic. The ongoing so, global situation. Right. So we've postponed that um, date to be determined. So it hasn't been officially canceled, just postponed. Um, August 15th right now um, uh, is FLX Con out at the Quality Inn in Waterloo. Um, from 10 to 4, I believe the times were. Um, check our Facebook page and check their Facebook page, um, FLXCon. And then in September, hopefully, fingers crossed that the governor doesn't completely close our state, um, that we will be having um, our fifth year um, FC3 2020. Oh, that's just a bad sounding thing with 2020 behind it. it. Well, it used to be so hopeful and now it's not anymore. <laughs> I know. Uh, FC3, our fifth year, will be in September 19th and 20th at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. It's FC35, the search FC- for 2020. <laughs> The, the, the run from 2020? I don't yeah, know. that too. I don't know, from 2020, something like that. But um, right now, we still have um, Jason Font coming. Mm-hmm. I read um, Time Force Ranger. Um, Mike McFarland and Tiffany Vollmer, both voice actors, um, primarily known from Dragon Ball Z. Um, we are looking at other potential guests when uh, I decide to write those emails this week. Um, it's, on my to- it's on my to-do list. Hey, just it's been a struggle. Um, and we'll have vendors and games and panels and bears. Oh my! Um, <laughs> and there, anything else? There may be some what people bears? looking for gigs that we may not have been able to get in the past. Right, yeah. we love bears. That's a thing, so huh? We will have bears. We may we even have lions. But if we try and have tigers, I think Netflix will get involved. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You, Carol Baskin. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep the tigers out of here. Um, that type of thing. So Unless they're Hobbs. There you go. Yes. Very but, good know, idea. In regards to Hobbs, you can't necessarily go in and kind of like... Tuna fish sandwich. Kind of like um, nuzzle the belly because you come out with all these scratches. Right. But... Yeah. But if it wasn't so soft and fluffy, why would you they make it you could do that? Yeah, I know, seriously. Which reminds me, one of my favorite cosplays I saw at FC3, little girl dressed up as uh, Susie from Calvin and Hobbs. That's great. I'd forgotten about her. Oh my god, thank you for that. Mm. Thank you for that memory. You're welcome. Okay. This this isn't necessarily a question of the week, but more of um Something that defines you. Something that defines me? Each one of us. <laughs> Christopher, yeah. family friendly. Uh, no, we're not. We haven't been family friendly in a long time. At least we've been somewhat family friendly for today. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Come on, I want to share this with my nieces. Okay, fine. Okay. So, we need to name a cartoon character... That uh-huh. best defines you. Kind of goes along with the, the theme of our, our comic strips today, but any cartoon character that best defines you. Okay. Go so. go ahead, James. I want to hear what you say first. Well, I would probably be a 50-50 split of Charlie Brown and Daffy Duck. <laughs> Not there, 
<laughs> but doesn't this just seem to fit? It does a little yeah. bit now that you mention it, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. How about you, Billy? Uh, did you say comic strip or uh, cartoon name character? A, or, uh, oh. Name a cartoon character, and it could be from a comic strip. It could be from a cartoon. It can be from a comic book. Just a cartoon type character that best defines you. I, I think this, we can go. Oh, we go can ahead, go the James. loose definition of cartooning. Okay, I, because I have one, and he reminds me of me, even though it's not flattering. Comic book guy on The Simpsons. Because I tend to be a stickler for details and kind of snobby and worst episode ever. That's not how Superman would fly. So I, I'm going comic book man. You're not nearly that overbearing. Oh, yeah, but that, he, he, as I watch, and I, I watch, I've actually been watching a lot of The Simpsons on Disney Plus, and whenever he, I could picture myself saying that. <laughs> Maybe not with his attitude, but. At least thinking that, and I, I'm going comic book guy. Oh boy, Tanya, how about you? Um, uh, I would. Thinking about this, uh, I had um, had a thought, and then when everyone started talking, I lost my train of thought because it got derailed. It's like you know where you, you go into the kitchen and you can remember eighty song lyrics, but you can't remember why you why walked you walked into, into the, the kitchen. Walked yeah. into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think me the one that I uh, most associate with or best defines me, I'm going to have to go with Belle from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. It's it's one that I've um uh, there there's times where um I am I am very bookish. I I was known to always have my nose in a book growing up. Um not necessarily as much now, but I'm still definitely an, a very avid reader. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes that girl is strange, no question. I, and I love absolutely love the movie. Um, it's like one of my favorite movies, um, Beauty and the Beast. And there, there's times that I'm like, I, that I want to leave the predictability of stuff and be more adventurous that I'm trying to be more adventurous and not necessarily be so regimented and rigid and routine oriented Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. everything has to be in its place except for in my house. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can relate to that sentiment very much. I mean, I mean I if, was... it, if you look at my work environment compared to my home environment, my work environment is definitely very predictable, routine oriented, very structured, very color coded, organized, things like that, because that's just me, my normal personality. I get home, you come in my house, it is a complete like tornado has hit it. Well, you have um, you have two boys. I have come two well, I have three. Um is that? But I mean, well, I have five people that live in this house. And it's just and there's so many of us that are droppers that we just come in and drop and it it frustrates me to all hell, but I I just don't necessarily have that the energy or nor the motivation to do it to to get organized here at home i'm like oh i can spend these eight weeks doing blah 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 yeah no Mm -hmm. so but i i think that's why i 
um, like playing D&D &D because now I have an adventure. Now I've been playing World of Warcraft because I get that that adventurish type thing that I embarked on the this five-year journey five-year plus journey of the convention because it is an adventure oh god it's, yeah it's not my predictable quote-unquote village life so mm -hmm. i i think truly except for the only thing is yellow is not my color so something's got to change but my color is blue i do like blue and she wears blue for most of it but Where's, where does guy. yellow come into play? I'm sorry, I missed that. The ball gown. The ball gown. Oh, okay, for Belle. Gotcha. For Belle. So I, I can't yeah. do the yellow ball gown, but like one of my, my favorite um, depictions of her is when she's throwing the, the snow at Beast and she's in like the, the pinkish red kind of like snow cloak and things like that. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I would have to go to uh, Belle. So that's me. That reminds me, I'm tempted to join you guys on World of Warcraft one of these weeks. <laughs> Sorry. You will fall down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, you have a regular account. You've played before, haven't you? Me? No. Oh, okay. I thought you had. Uh, it, I've given what you know about me, that's a reasonable expectation, but yeah. uh, I, I've, all, I've always wind up falling into different time sinks. Okay. And James, I'm sorry to laugh at that. I'm just like, because I'm like, oh, I've avoided it, avoided it, avoided it, and avoided it for years. And then I yeah, started in 2018, you. and um, I couldn't play Thursday night because I didn't have internet. I was she was crawling up the walls. And, and Chris was like, oh, you can come over here, and you and I'm like, can I play World? Wow, he's like, yeah. I'm like, you would have probably had to put me on Ian's computer because you probably wouldn't have given me yours. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. But I'm like, <laughs> goodbye, Tyler. Um, but I'm just like, I, I said to him, I said, I literally cannot come over to play World of Warcraft because my kids would have a conniption that I had internet and they didn't have the access to it. So I, 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 I could not do that to my kids. But yes, I could I, leave them behind. And and I, I do. <laughs> I did see that my guildmates were talking about me that night and about not having internet. So I, I did see the guild chat mm -hmm. that tail was going out of her mind. Cause we didn't have internet. Yes. Right. But, but I did watch a lot of, Oh, I didn't, I watched um, many episodes of DC legends of tomorrow, Thursday night, because I had them recorded. So nice. I was watching this season of it. So that, that's my whole thing. But yes, James, we would love to have you join us in on world of Warcraft. Okay, but, but in the meantime, to... Crystal has to answer the question. I know he does. I've been trying just... to avoid that because the only character that's ever popped into my head is Steve Dallas from Bloom County, the degenerate lawyer. Because <laughs> you can argue with the best of them. I can argue with the best of them, but it's the it's the it's the look and the general attitude. I would, you know, since we're doing mashups and toss ups a little bit, I would say that I'm probably uh, one part Steve. One part Milo Bloom, the central character of Bloom County, a, a little dash of of Charlie Brown because I, I have I have had quite a bit of, of experience with that. Just you know, uh, good trying grief, kind of attitude. Trying to kick the football, yeah, yeah, trying to kick the football and it never quite working out exactly the way you'd hope to. Um, you know, but then you know, there's also those times that I'm, I'm just. This is what I've been having such a hard time with this one because there's like a combination of lots of different characters. Um, 
you know, because I also remember like doing the actual Snoopy dance because I was so excited that I was going to graduate from college, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I just, I'm a wonderful mix of just about everybody. And, uh, and if it's if the odder, the better is basically what I'm going to say. So that's, that's my take on it. That's your take? That's my take on it. I think there's a little bit of strong bad in you there, Chris. I don't know who that is, to be honest. I know I know the character exists because I've heard the name before, but I do not understand the reference. I'm sorry to That's say. That's a rabbit hole. I will make sure you go down sometime this week. <laughs> Just look up Homestar Runner sometime. Homestar Run? Homestar Runner. Got it. Okay, I'm looking at right now. Because now I'm here. Oh. Strong Bad? Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Tag team wrestling. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a story there, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tag team wrestling champion of the world. Anyway. <laughs> Rest in peace, Howard Finkel. There you go. He passed away, what, a couple weeks ago now? Yeah. Hmm. That's another thing, one of these days. I, I'd love to be on and just... Billy and I pick each other's brains about pro wrestling. That's a fire and forget weapon for me. I'm good with that idea. Just guys, go, go, do two start chatting and I'll take care from here. I'll go make myself a milkshake. What else is happening on Money in the Bank tonight besides the Money in the Bank match, which looks terrible? There's supposed to be uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Okay. I know there's going to be a triple threat for the SmackDown women's title with Tamina Snuka, who... I can take her leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, wrestling without the audience is really it's a nightmare. It's I, I can barely make it through NXT and AEW, and I love those two uh, promotions to death. I'm wearing a Mia Yim shirt right now. Huh. For goodness sakes! But I, I just so I, no no with crowd that reaction. Being, and this can be for a whole other conversation somewhere down the road but do you feel that professional wrestling that the the audience is just as important a character as the wrestlers themselves absolutely yes yeah without the audience there the wrestling just what's the point is basically it's just wrestlemania showed that they can do it wrestlemania wasn't nearly as bad as i thought it was going to be uh there was some really entertaining stuff but i did miss the Firefly Funhouse match was brilliant. Oh, I, you'll have to explain that to me someday. I thought it was abysmal. I didn't get it. I hated it. And so you'll have to explain that to me someday. But That'll, that'll have to be on that podcast where okay. you and I pick each other's brains. I'll have to rewatch it to see what, because I saw people loving it online. And I was pretty perturbed by it. Short answer is they make a lot of meta references to John Cena's career. Oh, I got that. I just thought it was terrible. Okay. They they took something, and like I said, this is for a complete different podcast, but (laughs) I I should be able to turn on wrestling with Chris and Tanya and explain to them why I like it and not be embarrassed by it. And that Well, in that case, you want to show them Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Exactly. That's the type of stuff I like. The more athletic, the stuff that looks like, hey, that could be real. Back in the days of ECW, there were matches where I people who knew wrestling was predetermined goes, oh, this looks like it could be real. 
That's what I like. I don't mm-hmm. want something so ridiculous that it embarrasses me that I like it. If I'm if I'm if I'm watching it with someone else, I don't want to be embarrassed that I'm watching it. Okay, and that's fair. Um, but anyhow, but anywho. in regards to that, that'll definitely have to be another uh, different podcast mm-hmm. to come back and. Uh, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to say it now. It's going to be our next session. The next okay. time we're next time we're quote unquote in studio, because uh, I'm I'm jonesing to hear what these guys have to say about this. Now they have piqued my curiosity. And now I'll have to go back and watch that Firefly Funhouse match, and the uh, um, the one from the, the graveyard match from the night before. That I was less happy with. Yeah. Okay, so it won't necessarily be our next recording because Billy has to go back and rewatch stuff, but it'll be yeah. in uh, a future, yeah, future in the next weeks. couple. Because we that's been, fair. In, in you guys wanted to talk about Lord of the Rings and then up. Yeah, we'll week. we'll do that next session. That's fine. When the next app, we're good. I do have a couple things to say about LTR. Cool deal. I always have something to say about it, especially since I just watched it again yesterday. And (laughs) with that, we will have Dan start the out music right about at the eighteen minute mark or so. Right right, right about. uh, Right about now. Here, because yeah. this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you like a steamroller uh, in September 19th and 20th of 2020. We're going to try and uh, make the second half of the year a lot better than the first. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go, and we will try to lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week, a safe week. Let us know what you think about comic strips and all the funnies that you've read over the years. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great one. Bye.